Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome to the last week of the year on the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander. We're in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly will be joining us in the next segment, opening segment, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue. Proud supporters of our show, and we're happy to say very good friends of ours who cook delicious food seven days a week and can cater any event for you upcoming, large or small. Keep Dickie's in your mind all right we've got two special guests with us today joey hawkins and neville Barr, legendary high school football coaches they also host inside the locker room which airs thursday nights here on super talk in hattiesburg and gentlemen a merry christmas to you and thank you for coming in oh well thank you oh, we're glad to be here yes. always bob got lots to ask you about lots to talk to you about but first i want to since it's a southern miss show i want to get you guys uh to, to chime in a little bit on your analysis, we'll start with you, Coach Barr. I know Southern Miss fans were disappointed in the overall outcome, but as you observe the program about where you play college football, what did you think of the first year, and what do you think the future holds right now for a program that really needs a shot in the arm, I think? Well, you know, I think, first of all, you know, I think, I think we got the right man for the job. I really do, and I think uh, you know. Sometimes you go through adversity. If you look at Co- Coach Collins' first year, and then and then the difference in his second year, and uh, and that was to me the best era we ever had with Coach Collins. And uh, but you know we lost two or three of the starting quarterbacks in the first couple games. And you even take Alabama. I don't take Notre Dame. Take anybody you want to take, and you take. Not only the first quarterback you're in trouble, the second quarterback you're in real trouble, and the third quarterback you're done for. So we went through that. So I think these kids overcame a lot of adversity. And then if you look how they finished the season, going through all these troubles, but they finished the season strong, to me that's a positive thing. And then, you know, Coach Hall's out there recruiting. He's had a great recruiting, one of the best, you know, for a while at Southern Miss. And uh, so to me that's a positive thing. Coach Hawkins, do Southern Miss fans have reason to be optimistic that next year will be a big improvement? Well, you know, you've got to get the quarterback situation solved. If you're going to make a, a run and, a, and get in a bowl game, you've got to have a performant quarterback. We think we've got one in Ty Keys. Um, they're looking at some other guys. Um, but quarterback's got to be solved. If you get the quarterback solved, and then our defense, you know, played great most of the year. Um, you just got to have some playmakers. How many do we have? It's hard to say. You know, uh, when you're recruiting in a landscape we're in right now where, you know, you got the SEC with schools all around. Then you got so many schools now we're going to Sunbelt. I mean, they're all right next to us. So, uh, but I think we've done a good job recruiting. And uh, we just want to look, look, if we could get to six, seven wins next year and get to a bowl game, I think that would, that would be huge. And I, think, and I think we will. All right, Luke, your questions for these two gentlemen regarding uh, Southern Miss football. But you guys have, have seen Tykes. Um He got thrown in with the injury to, to Trey Lowe. What is, you know, realistically, what, what is his ceiling in regards to being in a weight 
and a conditioning program for an entire year because he wasn't that way at Taylorville because he's a three-sport athlete. And, and really, how much time does he need to mentally be able to grasp uh, the speed and complexity of the college game? Well, that's a – you know, I, I'm going to say I think he's going to be a big-time quarterback. And I think you're absolutely right when they get him in the weight room and it's all football because – and the reason I'm saying that, you know, we went out there and met him a couple times. And, and you're talking about a very polite young man, very – articulate young man i mean really just uh, the way he the, his presence you could tell the his he's teammates got the him. yeah and uh he's got good size and he's gonna you know he's got a great work ethic he's gonna get better and better and better and i think the quarterback situation you know i mean when coach hawkins like saying we got to solve it really we just got to keep him well i mean that's right the big thing if ty keys i think would have got to play that that's this whole year i mean it would have it would have made a Gosh, it would have made a big difference for him how more ready he was next year. But I think he, I think the kids is very special. Yes. The follow follow up to that question is, as Coach Hawkins just alluded to, the landscape now. What you have to go make your football team better, and yep. we knew that that Miles Brennan was on campus, and you know Will Hall has said multiple times that if they can get an older guy, they want to bring him in, and you would think the reason you go get an older guy is so that he can can play immediately. What's the balance with when you have such a young sensation, you know, as Tykes and the Wilkie kid coming in as the best quarterback this year in this today's climate? How do you balance that with the guys that you got, and at the same time, the responsibility to make your football team better? That's a good point. I mean, yes. really, I mean, uh, all you can do as a coach is get the best athletes in there and, and let the best man win. I mean, we, you can't play. You, look, bring them all in. Let's get a, let's uh, have a great spring uh, and let, let, the, let the best man win. But, look, the competition is fierce. And Coach Hall, after this year, I'm telling you, he's not playing no games. So you got to come ready to play. You're going to have to get yourself ready to go. You better bring your A game every day in workouts. And um, – because I'm going to tell you if, you, if you can't lay it on the line every day in practice, you're not going to be with Southern Miss much longer. Yeah. Coach Hawkins, uh, is this a good thing to go into the Sun Belt? Uh, you know, you made reference to all the uh, teams in the area. That's very much true. But I mean, is this a positive move? Oh, there's no doubt. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, just for travel and to build rivalries. I mean, it's hard to build a rivalry with uh, Marshall, Old Dominion. You know what I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be a lot closer bond. Uh I think it, I think it'll be a great, great positive for Southern Miss over the next. You agree, Coach Bar? Yes, I, absolutely. I think that was a. I think that's going to help us a lot. And and you know, Luke, going back, and I know you know this. You know, we're talking about quarterbacks right now and all this. But <clears throat> if we be on, if we're honest with this thing, you know, in football, and, and we all know it, you win up front. You you that's where you win football games and now you know all the the skilled people's great and everybody's going to get there's a lot of skilled people out there really there's a lot of skilled people that a lot of people can get them but you got to win that game up front and uh, that's where I think recruiting is going to be big it's not who we get here or there I mean as far as skill as much as who we get up front yeah and and I guess to follow up that with y'all's expertise on the in the college game how long realistically does it take on average, an offensive lineman, you know, unless he's just out of this world, to to adjust to that. Because what we, when we looked at the recruiting, you know, you get the two twins out of Adams County Christian. You got Will, uh, you got Will Saxon coming in, uh, but you've got you know a lot of young talent on the offensive line. The Riles kid, the McKinnon kid that came in from Gulf Coast. So you you 
you, you feel like your pantry's stocked, but like on average, how long does it usually take those kids to mature to be able to play like that? I think the guys they, they bring in this year, the twins from uh, from Natchez, uh, it's going to take at least two years. They, you know, really, I, I mean, I would redshirt them, get them stronger, bigger, faster, yeah. and um, even in it, high school, it takes them. Yeah, it takes a, line. it takes a while. Look, look at our offensive line this year, Luke. Yeah, it, uh, we could we didn't block well early in, in a regular spread set. Then we go. To a one back, everybody knows who get the ball, and we start blocking people all over the field. Explain that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what was it? What is your best stab at that? I mean, the, it would seem like the blocking scheme is more simplified because the last two years, as much as they've had trouble with uh, running the football, they pass protected pretty well. Now this year, pass protection was a whole different story. It was it was right. it was horrible. <laughs> but you know, when they simplified the game plan, it was amazing how we pushed people around up front. I, I couldn't I yeah. couldn't understand it. I mean, we blew people off the ball. Uh, we used eight eight back, and we trapped and countered, and uh, and everybody knew who was getting the ball. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't no this. Wouldn't uh, any misdirection, any uh, smoke and mirrors, no eye candy. We just gave the ball off to our best player, snapped it to him, and he ran right downhill. Yeah, and you know that's. I think that has a lot to do too with, with uh, you know, all you got to do is come off the ball and hit somebody and, and moving some and toughness I, yeah, there, and, and you don't have to do all. You know, maybe you're not ready as far as uh, you know, when they're moving around and this and that. But when you when you when you get an offensive line like that, all they got to do is look, look. We're just going to hit them in the mouth, and we're coming downhill. We're coming after them. I mean, that's that's worked from for Lombardi's and, and, and a lot and, of people and through the years. Isn't that very fundamental? I mean, I think you're going to see that this weekend with Michigan. Michigan's got those big horses up front, and they're just going to run the football right at you. Now, I realize Alabama threw a lot more in the last year or two than what we were used to seeing, but. You know, when everybody was running the spread, Nick Saban was lining up in an I formation and running You're the ball right. down people's throats. Isn't that fundamentally, gentlemen, what football is supposed to be? Well, it, it is, and, I, and you know, I think all great co- I think all great coaches do really harp on fundamentals, and that's because it really still gets down to blocking and tackling. And matter of fact, to me, Luke, watching the game today of football on all levels, and it may be because of the head stuff, but tackling. Is when you got a good tackling team, you've got a good chance too to win. Because absolutely, I, there's some poor tackling there, going on from the NFL will all the way down. Will there be a more old school type football game that will be played than Georgia versus Michigan this week in a long time? It just seems as if this is yep. just going to be they're going to run the ball a hundred times in this game. It's the game of the weekend. There's no question. The Alabama Cincinnati. Yeah. It'll be it'll football. be all who, who can throw them the top on play action. Who, whoever converts on play action will win the game. I'm just telling you, Michigan's better than people think. All right, we've got Joey Hawkins and Neville Barr in the uh, First Mike studio here in Hattiesburg. Kelly's going to join us. These gentlemen are not only experts at uh, coaching, they're, they're broadcast stars as well. They have a, a Thursday night show that is very popular on Super Talk. They have great guests, and we're going to find out who were the best guests they had uh, in 2021 and what they've got in store for us in uh, 22. We'll continue. Coach Hawkins and Coach Barr on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and uh, Kelly Sander. We're in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke is in Laurel. First Bank Studio 
uh, in beautiful downtown Laurel. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. I'm sure they've got after Christmas specials going on right now. They're located on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss Campus. You can shop there six days a week. Miss Kathleen is just fantastic. You can also shop online wherever you live, campusbookmart.net. Joey Hawkins, Neville Barr. They co-host a uh, show that we air every Thursday night here on Super Talk in Hattiesburg called Inside the Locker Room, and uh, it's it's fun to listen to. You never know who you guys are, are going to have on. I want to talk to you a little bit about the show, and I want to ask you the first question is this. Now, you had a lot of great guests. I happened to come in here and produce it for you one night when you had Mike Leach on, which was like listen to a stand-up comedian for <laughs> yeah. 60 minutes, but... Kelly the, and him what, would get along great. I, I would love to see them two for about an hour. I'd listen to it and pay to listen to that. So what What would you uh, – let's start with you, Coach Moore. I want your top three guests you had in 2021. Well, you know, one of them – and one of them is a guy that I'd never heard of before before we decided to get him on the show. Coach Hawkins had, had talked – see, we had all these. I wanted to get – you know, my dad grew up – and we were an Ole Miss fan when I, when I grew up until – well, I'm I, glad you learned better. I, I, I learned better when I signed with Southern, and then that was all. Then it was that. That was it. But uh, all those legends like Jake Gibbs, uh, Glenn Griffin, Jim Well. I mean, all those old legends of uh, Ole Miss quarterbacking. I, I, that's who I wanted to get on the show. And we had all those guys on the show. And to me, it was special because I remember I was thinking if my dad was alive right now, and I'd be going, Dad, got Glenn Griffin tonight, got Jake Gibbs tonight. We got. I mean, he would have loved that. Man, is that in the but they kept telling us when we had them on, and, and, and they'd tell Joy when he had talked to him before we got on the air about how who was he had always asked we'd ask who was the toughest guy, and they said Johnny Baker from Mississippi State. He was the toughest guy. He, I mean, they said we never played anybody like him ever. That he would just and State wasn't even very good in those years. You know, Ole Miss was killing them. They said, but Johnny Baker would make almost every tackle. They couldn't. So we, I thought, dang. And Joey said, we got to get him. And Coach Hawkins knew a little bit more about him, but I didn't know anything. I had to look it up. But played in the NFL for several years. Great Christian man. He used to pick up players. They would all say, as soon as he would almost just knock you silly, he would pick you up and say, God bless you. You know, and, and, and so, I mean, it was to me, I don't know what it was, but when I talked to him that night, and, I, and we talked all about this, but I, at the end of the, towards the end of the show, I, I said, you know, thank you for all that you did. And we heard him, you know, we talked to him about all these great plays and hard hits. And, and I said, but thank you for being such a good Christian man and influence. And he got real quiet, kind of, and like, uh, he said, thank you. You know, he said, thank you for asking that question. He said, because I've been on, I've done a lot of interviews, and not, hardly anybody asked me about my faith. Because, but that's what these other guys kept telling us how he was. So that was just special to me. I went home that night and I, I just, you know, I told Coach, I love that interview. That guy was so classy and, and was tough. Tough, just tough. And I guess if you went up against him, you'd learn what it's like to have the fear of God. Yes. <laughs> well, he, he played defensive end, and Johnny Vaughn says, Look, that's when you could cut, cut you know, you could cut below the waist, you could cut the knees. They said, I want Johnny Baker out of the game in the first, first half. So I don't care what you do. So he used uh, uh, a fullback. I wish I could think of his name. But Glenn Griffin was a quarterback. Jim Weatherly, who was uh, who wrote uh, Midnight Train to Georgia. Neither want to say goodbye uh, by Gladys Knight. So they all kept trying to cut him. Where every time they said when he shivered you, you just you you didn't know where you were. And so he made twenty seven tackles. Mississippi State <laughs> was zero and nine. Ole Miss was nine and zero. Last game of the regular season. And they can't move the ball. Johnny Baker's everywhere. And so they used four different guys, cutting him, cutting him. 
And then late in the game, they brought in like their number three fullback. And he went real low, and Johnny shoved him down. And when he did, his face mask broke a bone in his foot. So Johnny said, I can't come out. But he said, I couldn't put no weight on it. So he came out one play. That same play, Glenn Griffin got hurt. They bring in Jim Weatherly, the backup quarterback, and he goes 73 yards on bootleg, and they beat him 13-6. And Johnny went back in the next series. With a broken foot. With a broken foot, and they never even moved the ball. But that's how good Johnny – and Johnny is a billionaire. Yeah, in he, Houston. Yeah, that was. He's one of the oh, he's got the most unbelievable businesses in Houston, Texas. In fact, he's still on the uh, the board of um, uh, the uh, chicken place. So this, this so this was the number one interview for you. I'm not going to say okay. it was the number one, but I'm the one that made me feel special that I didn't know. I mean, all these we had great interviews, but I love that one because isn't that what football is supposed to stand for there about what that guy. I mean, the way he would just play relentless passion. Now, have you got one, Coach Hawkins, that jumps oh, out on you? Well, uh, Billy White Shoes Johnson is probably the yeah. funniest <laughs> guy. He's a class guy, and he, he sounds like, he's a, like a, he's a professor, and he's brilliant. So when he came on the air – Houston Oilers. Houston Oilers. Yes. Oh, yeah, he's the one who started the touchdown dance. Totally right. opposite of, of what so, I thought he would be on the air. And so I asked him I, – so I asked him, I said – how did you start? Uh, how did you start the touchdown dance? I mean, you know, he made it famous with his white shoes. He says, "Guys, y'all don't look at your guests and try to see about us before you ask questions." <laughs> and I said, and I was like, "Uh oh." Neville's was looking at me. I'm looking at him. He goes, "I was in a dance. I was in a New York dance and theater for three years." And I'm looking. Neville's looking. White shoes, Johnson. White shoes, Johnson. And I go, "Really?" He goes, "Man." Y'all, y'all believe anything. He was messing with me the whole time, you know. So, but he, he just could come up with more jokes like that. But Bruce Blackman, who sang uh, "Moonlight Feels Right" from oh, Greenville, Greenville, Mississippi, four hundred meter champion from Greenville, ran a forty-eight two in right? nineteen sixty-three. Oh yes, play, uh, ran track at Mississippi State. Yep. He was. He's probably the sharpest uh, guy. Well, he might be faster, but he's not as fast as our own Luke Johnson. <laughs> what is it? Was a six three two or something like that with a pulled hammy at the D one. Would expect yeah. nothing less than you're a forgetful memory, Bob. <laughs> yeah, but he was good too. Bruce was. Blackman was good just because I didn't realize he was that great of an athlete. That no, he was I had no idea. I well, mean, well he, there's a line in that song, Moonlight yeah. Feels Right, a yeah. class uh, from, you know, say yeah. he came to Baltimore from Old Miss. Yeah. Yeah, did, did he go to, oh, he must have gone to Old Miss. No, no he his actually girlfriend, went to his state. His girlfriend went to Ole Miss. That's what he wrote. He song. ran track at state. But oh, let, yeah. let me say this, uh, but he did it from the Chesapeake Bay in Baltimore, but he act, the actual setting was at Macon Lake out from Moorhead. At Mississippi Delta Junior College. I know exactly where you Go ahead, Moorhead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, but uh, one other one, uh, Grant Tapp, who's 88 years oh, old. Oh, yeah. He, he acts like he's 40. Former coach at Baylor. Co- former coach at Baylor, yes. He was incredible. Bill Curry, we've had him on numerous times. I mean, Bill uh, Curry was great. I mean, Bill Curry played for Lombardi and Shula. So, Kelly, you would love this. So, you get to ask really questions. I ask him more stuff about Lombardi and Shula. Than I did, but he played for Lombardi and Shula, and then he was the center in a Super Bowl for Bart Starr in the very first one. He was the center in that game, and he also was the center a few years later for Johnny in another Unitas. Super Bowl for Johnny Unitas. So that first so, Super Bowl was the, was the Chiefs and the Packers, and we very well could have a, a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl. Yes, yes, yes. I tell you what, Bob Kelly's getting sharper. <laughs> 
He's getting sharp. Any no, loot? I no loot. I have nowhere to go but up. Jeff. No, don't. I tell you, please. I told don't them this. I don't think I've ever told you guys this. I actually met Bart Starr at a first priority. Oh wow. Um, fundraiser at, at the Hasbro Country Club, and I was dating my wife at the time, so I was trying to impress her. So I got Bart Starr to sign a piece of paper that you know said to Lauren, you know, best wishes, Bart Starr. I had my one chance. I give it to Lauren. She goes, "Who's Bart Starr?" I really. <laughs> Thought about rethinking the relationship at that point. But now, it wasn't, now, now it Coach Hawkins, you said sharper, not smaller. Did I understand that correctly? I said, I said Kelly is a lot sharper. Uh, yeah, all right, moving. Uh, one thing I do want to mention <laughs> Le, uh, legendary football coach Willie Teeny Coach passed away. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was a quarterback, and he was back on the 58 Southern Miss championship team, and he coached at Hattiesburg High, Pearl River, uh, Mr. Teeny Coach, one of the great coaches he, of all time. Yeah, he was a good one. He really was. Yeah. And 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 he lived – I mean, I'm not sure how old Coach Coates was, but he was. He had to be near 90, I yeah. would think. Say, yeah. But, man, what a, what a great and, – and lots of times, just because you're a good player – doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good coach. Not, matter of fact, not at, not at all. It has no bearing on that. Yeah, so so there's a guy that was really good on the field and was able to take that knowledge, uh-huh. relay it to kids, and, yeah. and coached at different levels. High and school, and Kelly, it's fair to say, too, sometimes really good coaches never played football. Oh, absolutely. They absolutely. Never played the game. But they're, well, they're Bob Bird. Bob Bird, who, was, who I had as my offensive line coach, and, I, and he came out to – you know, when we come out to Summerall when I was first there, Kelly, remember mm-hmm. that? And I didn't have but me and – actually, it was me and – Tim Helt. Tim Helt, that was right. it. And, uh, well, we, we had uh, – but anyway, so Bob comes out and uh, and he says, uh, you know, he wants to do his practical work there. And I, he's, I said, well, where'd you go to high school? And he said, pedal. And I said, well, I said, who'd you play for at pedal in football? And he said – because he's big, yeah. big guy. And I, he said, well, I didn't play, you know football at high school or <laughs> junior high or any of that and I said that's great I said well hey you'll fit in great come on and we'll <laughs> we'll get so anyway it, it, it is an amazing story but he studied it and learned it and I, I mean I would give him film and anything he wanted and we got to clinics and we went to stuff but he he you know he is it's just a great great offensive line coach and all right guys unfortunately we're out of time but tell me real quick who you got this week and uh we're looking forward to the show for another year we got big coach O Ed Orgeron baby Oh, Coach O. Yeah, but wait a minute. On television, you'd have the words underneath the translation. How are you going <laughs> to? No tigers. sandwiches. There you go. Coach Gold O. Ham Coach sandwiches. O. Coach O. Coach O. Coach O. Coach O. Coach O. Coach O. Hey, one thing I do want to get in is high school coaches. The high school coaches we've had is maybe the most fun of all, though. We've had some legendary yes. old ones that have passed away, and the new coaches. We've got Mississippi has some of the best coaches in the in the United Coach. States, high school coaches. Well, look, I want to tell you real quickly, guys, how much we enjoy our relationship with you. We look forward to a 20. 20- 2022, uh, sharing the studios and our stories with each other. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Always a pleasure. Kelly, appreciate you, Luke. We appreciate you, Luke. Yes. Happy New Year. Absolutely do. Joey Hawkins, Neville Barr on the Eagle Hour. Thursday nights at 6 o'clock inside the locker room right here, 97.3 supertalkhattiesburg.com. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you this New Year's week, last week of the year, brought to you by 4th Street. 
as they do every single day. Saints playing tonight on Monday Night Football against the Dolphins. Uh, We'll talk more about it a little later in the show. 21 men down, four coaches down going into the night. But you can watch it at 4th Street. Bowl games going on all week long. Bowl mania this week. So uh, 4th Street, the place to catch all of that. 4th Street, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Santer from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and uh, in Hattiesburg. Um, yeah, guys, uh, let, let's talk a little about football going on right now. Western Michigan uh, blowing or has just defeated Nevada. Western Michigan defeated Nevada in the Quick Lane Bowl. That's the only football you get on today college-wise because Boston College and East Carolina got canceled. The Military Bowl got canceled. Got a bunch of games going on tomorrow. Houston and Auburn, Air Force and Louisville, Mississippi State, Texas Tech. UCLA, NC State, and Western Virginia and Minnesota. But the Saints play tonight, and uh, not not to get political, just to get your guys' thoughts on it, it just seems as if they are uh, testing just the, the way we are we are using outdated methods in order to uh, to get to cause cancellation. And, and I think, Bob, your your football team last night was down another 23 dudes for the right. second week in, the, in a row. Saints down 21 tonight. It may be a conspiracy on my part, but I, but I noticed that the media darling teams, the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, the New England Patriots, they seem to have zero COVID problems. But teams like Washington and New Orleans and Cleveland are ransacked with COVID and being for – as an example, and this is no excuse, but but Washington has played two division rivals in five days with 20-plus players not playing, many of those starting players. They played on Tuesday night. They turn around and make them play on Sunday night in Dallas. And in both cases, more than 20 players off of their roster not available to play. Now, can anyone tell me that's fair? And remember, the roster is only 53 guys, Bob. Yes. I mean, is that so it's fair a, in any way? So that's a, essentially half of your team. Correct. Is, is down. Correct. And, no, and you know, th- there's some insiders in New Orleans, and, and some of them even in the administration of New Orleans. They would never say this publicly, but they'll tell you privately. They, it's, it's gotten so ridiculous that they actually begin to start thinking that there might be a conspiracy against the, the Saints in particular, going back to a couple of years ago, the no call against the Vikings, mm-hmm. which literally... Uh, don't get me started on officiating after last night. No, and, and that's yeah. that's where I was going. The with. Browns got hosed too, man. That yeah. was the that Browns was like got Saints yes. level that's right. pass interference non but, but again, Cleveland is a what they call a small market team. Cleveland has been the outsiders looking in. You know, it's it's like there's four or five people invited to this party, and Bob, you mentioned the biggest yeah, ones: Green yeah. Bay, well, Dallas. Well, the only thing yeah. I can conclude is that there's something that prevents COVID from infecting Dallas Cowboys or New England Patriots, Tom Brady. Or Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> or or some of those teams. They seem immune to the virus, isn't them. We need to find out what it is and give that to everybody in the country, Luke. I, it's uh, it, it's called. Yeah, that's what it's called because it doesn't make any sense at all. It makes absolutely zero sense yeah. as to why these things are happening. And the Saints, what did you say, 21 with four coaches? All right, so why not? Saints are down two quarterbacks, two skill players, two tight ends, four offensive linemen, three defensive linemen, four linebackers, two yeah, defensive backs, pain, and two brother. specialists. I know. I feel your pain. And you know what? If the, if the NFL front office went to New Orleans and said, all right, look, we could – we can either play it tonight as scheduled, or we can move it back a couple of days. You know, seeing how that but they would help. Can't your... do that. that. That was the big deal last week. Was no games were supposed to be postponed or rescheduled because of COVID. 
But whenever they heard the you know the money they were going to lose, they backed those games up twenty four hours. So there's so there's precedent. That's what I'm saying. There's precedent. They're, they're not supposed to be doing like th- this is what's supposed to be happening tonight. They're supposed to be playing the football game, but those games that got played at Tuesday last week, it wasn't supposed to happen that way. Ian Book starting for the Saints tonight because number one and number two are out, and the Saints have four coaches out also. Well, here's what you saw last night. You saw Dallas's number ones playing Washington's number twos. and, threes. and number threes, and some of their number threes. And you see the result, and that's not an excuse. It's just a reality. And I saw the same thing happen to the Cleveland Browns. They got hosed being forced to play with most of their team and all of their quarterbacks, like Washington did Tuesday night. No quarterbacks. And then I watch them play on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day with my son-in-law, and clearly, clearly there was a holding penalty against Green Bay that would have changed the outcome of the game that somehow the officials didn't see. How about the, how about the there Heineken? Was two, there was two there, though. People's Jones, so the, the defensive back, I can't remember who it was for Green Bay. After five yards, he engaged him. So you can engage within five yards, but he engaged him. Then when People's Jones came out of his break, the left arm of Correct. the Green Bay Packer defensive back was fully extended holding the jersey, which caused him to be able to jump the route and pick Baker off. It's and, a two-point and, and game prevent, at that time. And, and with, prevent with Cleveland from kicking a field goal to win the game. Yep, exactly. How about the, how about the, the play last night? Where Heineke is sacked and the Dallas player literally rolls over on his stomach, gets in his face and starts laughing at him, and they don't call taunting. I mean, it just. And you I got, just think the season. I just think the season has been uh, has been the credibility of the way the season is ending has been damaged. And there's there's going to be trickle down effect here. Just breaking in the last half hour, college basketball. Uh, the, the people who make rules for college basketball say now that that as long as you have – now, remember, on a basketball bench you have, what, 15 guys? As long as you have seven players, doesn't matter whether they're your starters. If you have seven players that are COVID-free, you'll have to play your basketball game. So, so you could have – you know who's, who's got to just be going crazy are these odds makers in Las Vegas. And I, you know, I'm, I may be, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but as I read it and understand it, this strain of COVID that is creating so much havoc is, is relatively speaking, very mild. I mean, it's, if you're vaccinated, if you're vaccinated, it's relatively Omicron. mild. So I don't won't know. be the last one. I don't know. No, they're going to carry this over through November because it won't be safe to go to the polls and vote in November. You watch and see. You're well, going to we, have to have mail-in ballots. Well, we've got Clarence Weatherspoon coming on the show tomorrow, an assistant men's basketball coach at Southern Miss, and they start the season on Thursday night when when a really good Western Kentucky team comes to Hattiesburg, and then they don't have hardly any time. They turn around Saturday on New Year's Day, a New Year's Day afternoon game at Reed Green against Marshall. So they've got two really tough assignments right out of the gate. We'll learn more about that tomorrow. It's been a tough year. <laughs> I'm not laughing, but I mean, it's just been a tough year. Yeah, and then um, to, to, be, to be slumping a little bit like you are, and then you have to start the, the, the regular season with what could be the top team in the league. You know, the only saving uh, grace is that it's at home. You know, right. that's a little bit. We, uh, right. we mentioned last uh, last segment that Willie J. Coates, known as, as Teeny Coates, 
uh, passed away uh, on New Year's Eve at the age of 85. For those that are interested, uh, of course, uh, remembering his life, great player, played on the national championship team, I think, in 1958, uh, coached, uh, I believe, at Hattiesburg and then later at Pearl River in East Central. His uh, arrangements will be Wednesday, December 29th, so uh, this Wednesday from 12 to 2, in equipment at Wright's Funeral Home, and then the funeral service will be held at 2 o'clock. Um, they ask in lieu of flowers, donations may be made to Coach Con- uh, to Coach Coates Honor to Petal Harvey Baptist Church in Petal, Mississippi. Kelly's a Pearl River guy for a long time. Yeah, just a, and just a real decent man, too. Had some great teams there at, at Hattiesburg High, great molder of men. And, of course, his daughter, Christy Coates, was quite a, was quite a golfer made a name for herself, and then went on to the LPGA uh, Tour, one of the first women in Mississippi to, uh, to become a, a golfer on the, what is, you know, the modern-day LPGA Tour. So um, i tell you the great ones, we keep losing great ones right and left, and, of course, none of us getting out of here alive, but Willie Coates truly was a good one. We, we salute uh, Willie and, and, uh, today here on the show and, and pray for the family. Yes, no question about it. Uh, so we're here at the end of the year, guys, and uh, you heard what the two coaches said about football. Uh, they remain optimistic, but, you know, it's, it's just been kind of a tough year, and uh, we look forward to baseball uh, once basketball winds up. But I'm, I'm beginning to get a little concerned about baseball. I mean, I, there are bowl games being canceled. They're talking about canceling uh, college basketball games. So we're not going to go through this again. Well, we? in Major League Baseball, you have a work stoppage right now. They're out on strike. People forget about that because there aren't any games that oh, are being directly oh. affected. But uh, but it's a mess for sure. And, and as you get into college basketball, we mentioned all these conference now your conference games are going to start. You got Iowa State and Baylor who are undefeated in the Big Twelve. All right, let's let's suppose that that all all of Baylor's team is available and Iowa State's seven best players are out. Or, or eight best players are out. Iowa State would have to play them in this hypothetical situation with seven reserves compared to Baylor starting well, five. We, we see you can just be like that, you can just know. be like Jimbo and announce twenty one days out. You're not going to play. That's yeah, that was just a little SEC odd, was it not? Was that Bob? Not only fifty three days till first pitch. Southern I can't Miss wait. Baseball. I can't wait. All right, uh, we'll wrap it up. I have another segment here. Got some good guests coming up the remainder of the week. It'll be a short week. Uh, as we move into the new year, but the Eagle Hour will continue right after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment today brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com is the website. Ten batting cages, over 17,000 square feet in their facility, state-of-the-art, all the way around Pro Shop, DBAT, D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Luke, Bob, and Kelly. 
From the First Bank Studios in uh, Laurel and Hattiesburg, we should note a special shout-out as we wrap up another year of the Eagle Hour. First Bank, Bob, they've been with us from the beginning as our studio sponsor. Certainly have. We're appreciative of that. In fact, they were the, the first sponsor that ever came on the show when it was created uh, several years ago, so we're grateful to them. And uh, before the week is over, we want to identify all the people who have sponsored the show uh, throughout the year on our stations here in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and uh, we're grateful to them for that. I was at Dickie's picking up my side dishes, you know, for our, for our Christmas dinner, and uh, I and I'd phoned it in. They said, "Well, Mr. Sanders, not quite ready yet." And I said, "Okay, well, I'll wait." Well, they handed me a little a small bowl, and I said, "What's that for?" And they said, "The soft serve machine is working." <laughs> I said, oh, well, there we go. I said, "Okay, well, take your time." <laughs> Unlike at McDonald's, where they just buy machines that don't work. Right? Last I, I said, "You guys take your statement. time." Yeah. 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 All right. Couple couple notes. Um, I, I wanted to bring this to our readers' attention. A lot of interaction uh, on this tweet with uh, a radio show out of uh, Louisiana Tech land on Twitter at Tech Blue. So our at Bleed Tech Blue. Bleed Tech Blue claims to be an authority of Louisiana Tech Sports. They are on a um, they are on a two radio st- stations over in Louisiana. All right. This was actual. Actual tweet on uh, Christmas Eve, talking about bowl records. So Conference USA, um, eight games went four and four. So new CUSA, two and one record. Old CUSA, one and four record. Then getting the dead weight out of the league is going to be all caps. Nice. Mm. And there were many, many, many Southern Miss fans that just. Laughing meme after laughing meme after laughing meme that were thrown back. And I, I guess I get it. Uh, tech's getting left. Um, it, it's frustrating. Uh, we've talked about on this show how, you know, we, we wish they will, uh, they, we hope that they will be in some way a, a, a weekend baseball rivalry, a non conference, and, and a non conference football game. But it, it has appeared, Kelly Sanders specifically, that, that, you know, since tech has, talked down to the Sun Belt for so many years. They're still just living. Some people over there uh, are just kind of still living in delusion of where they're going to be after this transition takes place. The thing that brings the biggest chuckle to me is they're talking about getting rid of the dead weight, and this is a conference that just added uh, UMass and is it New, New Mexico, Mexico State, State. Two, of the lousiest, <laughs> two of the lousiest teams over the past 10 years in college football. So there's, there's and and we beat them thirty five to nineteen yeah. with superbacks and we played one quarterback real quarterback in the game and we brought him in on the last play of the game in order to kneel we had a wide receiver a running back and a defensive back throw touchdowns in that game on them so we're glad to be part of that dead weight now there's been rumor in the meantime Luke that this potential transition from Conference USA to the Sun Belt could happen a little bit sooner than the original press conference stated. Now, remember, the exact verbiage that was used at the press conference says that Southern Miss would join the Sun Belt no later than July of 2023. What do you, what, we're hearing, not rumblings, but just hearing talk that that, that could indeed happen sooner. Yeah, kind of the chatter out there, and again, it started that day, Kelly, that you and I talked to uh, – uh, guy up at, at James Madison, where their their AD came out, uh, you know, at that day and said, "We look to to move in as quick as possible. We want to be by the full 2022." So, kind of the chatter behind the scenes is, yeah, that it's going to happen. Um, and you got to wait till that. Got to wait for an official decision. But 
it is more likely now, and, and Will Hall gave his opinion on that, and he told us, you know, how much stock to put in it. But still, he um, he told us, uh, you know, that, that he thought we would be playing in the Sun Belt. And so it seems as if there is a more likely at this point, more than 50, I would say even more than 60% chance that uh, Southern Miss will be a full-fledged uh, member of the Sun Belt come July 2022, which is extremely exciting for all of for all of us. So we make we make our departure by winning again the Conference USA Baseball Championship and tournament, and then we all line up on the field and say adios, boys. We're headed we to it. greener pastures. Well, I would say adios, something else, but yeah. <laughs> No, I get it. That that would be nice. Right. And, and football wise, you wouldn't have to change those first four games. You know, the games against Miami and and Liberty, you could keep those games. I want to rethink that. You know, <laughs> all right. I sent y'all a picture during the uh, the commercial break. Um, this was brought to my attention on social media. That be, because of the graphic that ESPN was using in the Green Bay Browns game, that the Cleveland Browns helmet. If you look at how the green or the uh, the orange blends in with the orange. Kelly Sander, what does it exactly look like? Am I the only one that's seeing that? No, it, it does. It does kind of look like a uh, rabbit pushing a, a grocery cart. <laughs> but <laughs> Bob saw it too. Uh, yeah, but I mean that that was just somebody with the network just didn't uh, didn't plan that very well. Cleveland cottontail. Yeah, if you're going to use a, a orange background, you know, then outline an orange helmet in black or. Should white, just put a guy like with a hose around his neck because well, they got hosed by the officials. But you know, being an AFC North guy like I am, the Bengals sitting in first place, uh, I I have no feelings. Oh, he's he's back on it, Bob. Uh, the no, Bengals he, are the he, best he, team now. He's, he's back, back on the wagon. Yeah, I can sense that in, well, in more than one way. Well, New Year's Eve, I'm going to be off the wagon again. Yeah. So. All right, uh, the great Clarence Weatherspoon on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Hope you'll join us. Hope you enjoy the last week of the uh, 2021 year. We'll be back at one. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.